the Dateline, Western England, in the summer of 2006. The headline, Guard Dog Leaves Elvis's Teddy Bear All Shook Up. The International Herald Tribune had this story a while back that there's a tourist attraction in Western England called Wookie Hall Caves. I'm sure they pronounce it much nicer than we do. And at that attraction, Barney, a Doberman Pinscher guard dog, briefly went berserk, running amok among a collection of teddy bears, including a 1909 German Steve bear called Mabel, reputed to have belonged once upon a time to Elvis Presley. A spokesman for Wookie Hall Caves said, it could have been the scent of Elvis that triggered the attack. Or maybe Barney was nothing but a hound dog. But whatever it was, Barney chewed, toured, ripped, and otherwise savaged about 100 teddy bears before his handler was able to restrain him. And his handler, Greg West, said, I still can't believe what happened. Either it was a rogue scent that switched on Barney's deepest instincts, or it could have been jealousy, he said. I was just stroking Mabel and saying what a nice little bear she was. Well, think, as you imagine that dog, think about what triggers you to go on a rampage. Hopefully you're not going to destroy a lot of teddy bears, but... What, what is it then that releases our anger? Is it jealousy over the strokes that someone else got? Or is there more to it? While I hesitate to compare Jesus with a Doberman, an onlooker might have seen a resemblance between what Barney did with the teddy bears and what Jesus did at the temple. Both were destructive. Jesus made a whip out of cords and drove out the sheep and the cattle. He picked up containers of Roman and Jewish coins and dumped them out and overturned their tables. It appears he stopped short of releasing the doves, but he did say to those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. What triggered Jesus' anger? What released this rampage? Was it jealousy that the traditions of animal sacrifices and the temple tax were getting more attention than the God whose traditions those were developed to worship? A friend was telling some of us about an electronic conversation with another woman whose comments were inappropriate and even hypocritical. She said she was so angry about it she was shaking. Most of us are not dramatically emotional people, so what is it that propels us over the edge? Maybe it is jealousy or pride or insecurity. But you know what I think it was for Jesus that day? Love. I think it was his love for God that led him to make such a scene at the temple. Pre-marriage, when my husband and his dog and I were dating, (laughs) the three of us were out for a hike in the woods. We arrived at a stream just beyond a waterfall where there were big rocks along the edge. Houston the dog was a Labrador. He loved to swim, 
And he trotted out on a rock, ready to jump in the deep, churning water below the waterfall. But Brian yelled the dog's name louder than I had heard him yell to that point. Houston, no! And the harsh tone of Brian's voice scared the dog, and he stayed right there on the rock until Brian went over and hugged him and led him out of harm's way. That's when I knew I wanted to marry him. (laughs) Actually, I didn't know at that point, but I thought that man would make a good father. But the harsh yell was the result of the love that Brian had for that dog. He had to set boundaries for Houston's safety and well-being. And so with that in mind, consider the Ten Commandments that are such a part of our heritage. The first four of them have to do with our relationship with God. The other six have to do with our relationship with each other. These are boundaries that are set up for the well-being of the community. If everyone followed these rules all the time, the world would be a kinder, gentler place. But we have trouble, even with, or especially with the first, you shall put no gods before me. And that may be the hardest one because it's so easy to put other things before God. Like sleep, for instance, this day after daylight saving time began. Or friends, lust, emotions, ourselves, sports, food, music. We each could make our own list of things that distract us from loving God above all else. Jesus, though, managed to keep God at the top of his list all the time. His love for God was so deep and authentic and focused. That's our target, to grow in love for God so that that love will propel our actions just like it propelled Jesus at the temple to defend the God he called Father. Jesus wanted others' love for God to be pure, And he wanted God's house, then, to be pure as well. Jesus was a prophet. Among the tradition of other prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Hosea. In chapter 2 of Hosea, for example, God compares the people of Israel to an unfaithful wife. And he says, I will punish her for the days she burned incense to the Baals or the other gods. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her lovers, but me she forgot. But then later that same chapter, God also says through Hosea, In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the creatures that move along the ground. Bow and sword and battle I will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. Prophets use words and images to bring us back to our senses, to bring us back to what our hearts know when jealousy or self-pity or pride are guiding our thoughts and actions. 
Jesus leaves us with an image that sticks. We can see what's happening the way John describes it. The people might have been confused about it that that day. Had they seen a madman who should have been removed by security? Had Had they seen a revolutionary who wanted to make a name for himself and his movement? Had they seen a man of God who sought to reform religion so it would connect people with God in new and powerful ways? What motivated Jesus to do what he did? Love. Yesterday afternoon, the kids and I were shooting baskets in the gym at the Y when there was a bang and a spraying sound. And we looked toward the sound, and one of the sprinklers, even though it had a little wire basket around it, had been hit and was shooting off what first looked like water, and then it looked like tar. And then the smell started. And then, when someone was called from the Y, the lights began to flash, and everybody was encouraged to leave the building. As we were walking out, there was a man who came, a a sweaty man, I have to say, who said, can we just take a shower? And the employee, of course, had just said no. And the guy, he didn't get mad or anything. He just walked outside with everybody else. But he had to set that boundary, the employee did, for the safety of the other person. And stretching that into the church language, we think about the salvation, safety and salvation, that we have boundaries. No, we can't go into the shower when there might be a fire, even though there's probably not. No, we are not supposed to commit adultery because it damages not just ourselves, but the whole community. Yes, we are supposed to take a Sabbath to rest to rejuvenate so that we have the energy to be the people God has created us to be. Now, Jesus had a passion for God, and he expressed it in this this dramatic way. And so consider for yourself, what is your passion? Where does your passion for God lie? And what then might Jesus be calling you to do that would help to express that, that would help to cleanse other people, that would help to bring about the kingdom of God. We're going to close with this scripture from 1 John 4. After we hear it, we'll take a moment to silently reflect on what it means that we may be the only Jesus that someone will ever see. Dear friends, the letter continues, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, 
we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. May we pray silently. God of power and love, we pray that you would help us to connect with you in new and meaningful ways because we have worshipped you this day. In Christ's name, amen.